Jaron Cacophony tells you that you're listening to The Power of Three, that occasional Doctor Who podcast which is struggling to make its way back from the dead. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for joining us. I'm David Steele. Joining me today is our other founding member. It's Kenny Smith. Say hello, Kenny. Hello, Kenny. And hello, Dave. <laughs> the old there jokes, they never right. go away. Um, listeners, as you, you may be aware, you may not be aware, our Kenny does a bit of work for Big Finish. And as a result of this, he recently went to the United States of America as a guest at the Gallifrey One convention. Isn't that right, Kenny? It's absolutely true. Yes, I was part of the big Finnish posse that headed out. Um, we all flew out uh, over the course of that week. Some flew out a bit earlier. I went out on, was it Wednesday the 15th? The, I think it was, yeah, it was Wednesday the 15th. I flew out from Heathrow and uh, was on the same flight as Jason Hay Gallery, our chairman, and Gary Russell, who's of course the former producer, and Mr. John Culshaw, who is, as you know, a lovely, lovely man. So yeah, we flew, our flight was, flight was slightly delayed, and then on we went and flew over all the way to LAX. And it was my first time in the States since 2001. Last time I went with my pal Jonathan, and we went to Los Angeles. No, we didn't. We went to Las Vegas and Southern Arizona and had a great time. Excellent. Now, before we get into any further details about the convention, and Kenny, Kenny the listeners, has done that, that Doctor Who fandom cliche of giving all the details about his travel right at the beginning of his of his <laughs> report. Um, tell, us, tell us, remind us what it is you do for Big Finish. Yes, I am the editor of Vortex, the free monthly magazine that you can get on the first of each month, usually, and uh, previews of everything that's coming up in the following month. So lots of exciting things in there. And I also now do Big Finish retro podcasts about the making of old stories that didn't have any making of at the time, usually from Gary Russell's reign. And uh, yeah, I'm now doing those. So the wonderful world of podcasting continues from, as you would put it, Dave, my empire. Yes. Um, so yes, Vortex comes with a strong recommend listeners because Kenny's bottomless address book. Um, he's lo- lots of contact, so lots of exclusive, inf- lots of exclusive chat and information that comes your way in Vortex. So do check it out. Even if you're not a big Finnish listener, I would recommend it because it's a fun way of, you know, reading and reading about and keeping up to date with what some of the Doctor Who alumni are up to. I mean, there was a long period when I wasn't listening to Big Finish, but I was still picking up Vortex and Forbidden Planet whenever I saw it, just to kind of keep my hand in. So it's always it's always worth a look. So, so Kenny, you got to... You were in Los Angeles, yeah? Yes, got into LAX, and we were staying at the Marriott, which was the venue for Gallifrey 33 and the 3rd. This was the 33... 33? The 33rd one that they'd held. Uh, and uh, right. tremendous tremendous venue um, with a on the ground floor it's sort of like given over to the whole convention upstairs in the sort of the foyer is the bar um, where everybody gathers and they have they call that the lobby con when people gather before the convention starts and afterwards which is right. which is rather rather good fun 
so is there a was there a sort of formal sort of reception as it were or, or greeting sort of you know opening up sort of wel- welcoming everyone sort of event or was it was it, yeah, there was, casual um, in that it was it was pretty casual in that respect i think there was um they had like a, an ice cream event where like the night beforehand you could go and have ice cream and chat with some of the guests who were there so um i didn't go to that annoyingly which because i didn't know about it and it's really annoying because i love ice cream i really love ice cream so that's so annoying that i missed out on that um but yeah it was it was mainly i spent the the first evening at the bar and uh there with gary and various others and you know dumped my gear in my room which was room 2089 uh, i'm not there now so you can't you can't send all my groupies right now dave sorry uh, it's too late for that <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, I was, um, which was on the ground floor, and it was great because I didn't actually have that far to go. It was, it was, it was a good, like four hundred steps from the bar, and uh, which was good for my right. for my Fitbit step counter, of course. Um, they ran back, um, but yeah, there's there, and it was just nice atmosphere in the bar. I got to meet people like Peter Angelides, who I've spoken to many a time by email and on uh, on Zoom, but never actually met in person. And it was lovely to see Gary, who I haven't seen in must be the best part of a decade in person. So it was good to see him, and obviously I'd seen him on the plane, but just, you know, to sit at the bar and um, have a have a, a Pepsi. Do you know what one of the best things was? When you bought, um, like, your Pepsi, you paid $5, and it was unlimited refills. So my first night was just soft drinks, well, because it was the equivalent of, I think it was like 2, 3 in the morning equivalent by the time I got there. So I was quite right. happy to just stick to the soft drinks and um, enjoy the time difference, knowing that back home it was... A lot later. <laughs> yeah, so um, as well as the the big Finnish people, and we'll, we'll come to a bit more of that in, in, in a minute. What were the, who were who were the the big name Doctor Who yeah, guests? Well, from the from the front of the camera point of view. Yeah, well, the headliners were Jodie Whittaker making right, her first cool. American convention appearance, um, <clears throat> and Chris Chibnall, of course, the former showrunner, was there as well. Um, Colin Baker, Fraser Hines, Wendy Padbury, Sophie Aldred, Janet Fielding. Um, there was Patrick O'Kane, who was the lone, or was it the last Cyberman? He was there. And there was another Scottish person there, Dave. Jimmy Magnus Stone, the director of quite a few of Jodie's episodes. And he comes from Torrance, uh, north of Glasgow, which is actually where Andrew Smith's mum lives. So there we go. Okay. There's we always a Doctor <laughs> Who connection in there somewhere, and I will find it. Awesome. So who else was there from Big Finish? Uh, from Big Finish, there were Jason, of course. There was um, Matt Fitton. There was uh, Rossa McPhillips, one of the writers. Um, Peter Angelides. Um, Lisa McMullen. There was uh, Dr. Matthew Sweet, who is one of the most funny, brilliant people I've ever met, and um, very, very interesting, some stuff he was telling me, just good newspaper gossip, he's a bit of a journalist as well. Um, and who else did we have? There were quite a few actors and actresses. There was Stephen Noonan, Noonan, as Jodie Whittaker calls him, because they'd worked together years before. Um, there was Michael Troughton and uh, Tim Trelore and my little oh, there was of course the fab um, daisy ashford caroline john's daughter who's the new Liz shaw in big finish there was also the incredible lauren cornelius who is 
one of my new besties, uh, who's of course the new Dodo Chaplet. So there was quite a, a good mix there of um, Big Finish Town, but of course John Culshaw as well, who mentioned earlier. Um, and there's a few sort of behind the scenes people as well, um, who you wouldn't know, um, because they're not sort of front and centre, but um, just fabulous, fabulous people. There was Sue Cowley, um, who sort of works in the Big Finish office part-time. There was Jason's PA, um, the wonderful Emily, um, previously Emily Dufresne, but um, recently got married and has a different surname, which just popped out my head just now. And um, there was, yeah, there, there was, and there was also Lizzie Wordsley, who's doing some non-Doctor Who producing for Big Finish, but um, is very, very brilliant, I have to say. And um, yeah, we had good conversations. And of course, young Dominic Martin was there, uh, Dominic G. Martin, who is a young up-and-coming producer, and uh, you may know him as the Purple Doctor on Twitter, lots of people. Um, he does a lot of cosplays and stuff, and um, I have to say, he's a young man who's ridiculously stylish and is more style in his binky than I've ever possessed in my <laughs> 48 and three-quarter years on this planet. So, yes. But how does he... How does he look in an Aberdeen football top, Kenny? That's the question. I bet he doesn't look as good as you. That's very honest. kind of you to say so. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, I haven't seen him in one, but I'm sure he would make it look effortlessly cool. <laughs> so, um, did you have official duties, as it were, over the weekend I in your capacity? Did. A big um, I did, which was, which was great fun. I was able to, I was asked to chair some big finished panels. Um, which were great fun to do. There was one on the Sixth Doctor on audio, which was tremendous as there, we had a good panel. We, oh, Joe Lidster was there as well, um, who's of course written for Sarah Jane Adventures and quite a lot started his writing career with Big Finish. Um, so yeah, there was, um, Joe was there, there was um, Matthew, uh, Matt, and yeah, we had a good panel um, just discussing sort of like the Sixth Doctor on audio and his renaissance. And uh, there was a couple of fans joined in as well. There was a chap wearing a blue Colin outfit based on uh, his big finish appearance. And there was another lady who's an American fan whose um, favourite Sixth Doctor story was the one where the Doctor meets Hitler, which kind of threw me for a minute or two, but then realised it was the shadow in the glass that she was talking about. So the audiobook version uh, of uh, Steve Cole and Justin Richards' book. So yeah, I had to do that, and that was really good fun. Um, you know, good panels, good people coming along, and then we had a Sixth Doctor writers one, uh, which I was no sorry, it was a big Finnish writers panel. So on the Hi. the big Finnish writers panel, which I was asked to chair, there was in fact we actually made it into pretty much a live vortex panel, and that was really well attended. There was loads of people came along for that and uh, got to hear from the guys. So there was. I'm just working my way down the line. There was myself, there was Lisa, Rosa, um, there was Matt, there was... I don't think Joe was on that one. Craig, this is ridiculous. I can't remember who was there. And it was only like three and a half weeks ago. Um, there was... Elizabeth Miles was there as well, of course, who's um, written quite a lot of Big Finish recently and podcasts a lot with Paul Cornell. Um, and and Matt as well, of course. So it was a good a good panel, really good chat um, and quite informative. So, you know, my, I sort of would do questions for 40 minutes and then for the next 15, throw it open to the floor and then I'd just finish off 
with uh, we round up of some final thoughts, as it were. And everybody seemed to have a really good time doing it, which was great. Really, really you, good fun. Sorry. Can you tell us some of the, the insights that you got from, from the, the authors and such like on the panels? You know, what sort of did they reveal anything maybe that they hadn't revealed before or did they give a lot of yes. about their processes and stuff? Yeah, it was it was good to be able to hear what you know, how people work and how they structure things, how they plot things and you know, where ideas come from and what they develop from. For example, um Rosa is somebody who's has a fascinating life working in the police and the armed forces. Um, but he's not able to talk too much about it. Um, but um, obviously there's a lot of stuff that he'll have experienced and seen in life that things that you and I would never imagine and obviously things that that will feed into him, particularly if he's doing something like War Doctor or War Master, which I think yeah. would be fascinating. Um, and you know, just sort of life experiences and you know, things people have lived through and what they can bring through and drop into the writing, which is, I find fascinating. I mean, just sort of like Liz Miles, who I've only sort of ever really sort of chatted to via email before, so it was nice to meet her. So there were four mm -hmm. Scottish people at the convention, to the best of my knowledge. And uh, there was uh, Hannah from Belgium, who, um, we'll come back to later, um, was Scottish but living in Belgium. And yeah, there was a really good, really good mix. And you know, I think people quite enjoyed sort of getting to hear that. You know, just, I mean, it was like the questions asked for Vortex, but just slightly more... So I think there's that instant energy with people bouncing off each other, which you don't always get in the magazine. Sometimes right. if I get two people at once, then you will get that energy in it, and it does move things along. And it was, yeah, it was really, really good fun to do. Excellent. Now, listeners, I must tell you very quickly that while Kenny was there, I, I, had, a, I had a very significant birthday the other week. And whilst Kenny was there, he kept, he phoned me a couple of times just to give me some of the goss and, you know, fill me in and what was happening. And one of these phone calls, Kenny indulged me greatly by sticking a few bodies on to, to wish me an early birthday. So I got to talk to Matthew Sweet and John Coolshaw and Matthew Jacobs, who I suppose we could probably call a friend of the show, or, yeah. maybe, a friend, or maybe a friend of Pieces of Eight more than anything else. And his friend Vanessa, who obviously they've recently worked on Doctor Who Am I. And I also got birthday wishes from, from Matt Fitton and from Lisa and, and from Sophie Aldred, which believe it was ridiculous. <laughs> Saturday night, I'm at home stirring my mince and potatoes and make my tea, and Kenny's living it up in LA with the the Who Good Folk. It was ridiculous. It was um, it was fun. I did, it was something I wanted to do for you, just to <laughs> just 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 so you could sort of almost get a feel feel for the atmosphere. Because I'd uh, yes, as a guest, I'd a uh, sort of badge that got me into the green room, which was wonderful, and uh, just you know, could hang out with my pals and have a chat, and got quite yeah. a lot of content for some uh, upcoming episodes of Pieces of Eighth. But uh, I'm not going to reveal what they are yet. Um, that's for another podcast. It's another time. Um, I can tease now, I can tell you um, season five, episode one will be with Jodie Hauser talking about Empire of the Wolf. There we go. There's your, your re-teaser. Um, so yeah, we got, uh, I was able to just walk around and just do that. And I just thought it'd be nice sort of, just so you could sort of experience a wee bit, you know, just of, yeah. you know, what I was seeing, you know, describing it to you, you were seeing people cosplaying and yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how bound were you by by your big fetish um, duties? Did you get a lot of free time yourself to, to just enjoy the convention? Yeah, I, it was pretty much Doctor Who Unbound, for want of a phrase. Uh, yeah, I was able to, you know, obviously I had my duties, you know, whenever there's a big finish panel, if I wasn't involved in it, I would go along and, you know, get photos for it and send them back to the UK so that they could be put out in the big finish Twitter feed. Um, sure. Which was the amazing thing. It's sort of like, I never had this technology last time I was in the States. 
you know, just to be able to you know, take pics and then send them back here via WhatsApp. And, and just like say, being able to pick up the phone to you and tell you what had been going on and what everything yeah. was like. So it was quite um, quite an experience that way. And I'm just so glad that I was able to sort of share that a wee bit with you and yeah. um, just sort of involve you a wee bit. And, but yeah, I was able to sort of, you know, go around, you know, sit in in panels. One of the things, I sat in in a couple of ones. Um, there was one that was a panel about the Eighth Doctor books, which I wasn't asked to go on, but went on. And the best thing was right at the end, somebody was saying how much they, you know, they enjoyed the books. And if anybody was into the Eighth Doctor books, they should really listen to the podcast Pieces of Eighth. And they had no idea I was there. It was brilliant. And then wow. I was able to say, well, I'll you know, be able to ask my question at the end. And hi, I'm... Kenny and um, the sort of co-host of Pieces of Eighth, and uh, <laughs> so I was like a ooh, so it was quite a you know surprise reaction. So that was kind of good because obviously you wouldn't expect that really when you you know yeah. a guy from Scotland yeah. to be in LA like that. And, did you get uh, to did you get to talk to the person that mentioned your podcast? I did. I had a quick chat with him afterwards. I've forgotten his good. name now, but uh, it was nice to speak to say hello. So obviously, I've never been to an American Doctor convention, but I've been to quite a few in the UK over the years. Um, and you know we've been we've been at a couple together obviously as well. Um, how would you how would you sum up the difference the differences between what conventions are like in the UK versus what they're like in the states? Oh, and and a further, do you think British conventions are getting to be more like the American ones? That's a good question. Um, I'll come question. I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, I mean, generally, I mean beforehand, I was expecting. To see a lot of people having a good time in cosplaying, and yeah. there were an awful lot of there were an awful lot more cosplayers because I would say that you know possibly you know, like a third of everybody everybody there was cosplaying in some form or other. Um, there were obviously wow. lots of people wearing Doctor Who t-shirts, and I include myself in that number as I had my Eighth Doctor Time War t-shirt, um, and I had my Capaldi t-shirt, of course, and uh, I had a movie Dalek t-shirt as well. Um, which was good fun to do, um, and, uh, you know, just to, you know, to have and to see what everybody was doing. But the thing that really surprised me was the atmosphere. It was absolutely bubbling with enthusiasm. It was joyous. It was full of people just having a great time in this effectively a bubble world for right. three days from the Friday through to the Sunday. In fact, it did carry on a bit till the Monday, um, but we'll come back to the Monday later. Um, which, as we speak, was, th- was that three weeks ago today? Yeah, it was. Blimey. Um, so yeah, it was quite a. It was absolutely. It was the atmosphere was great. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, the fact that there were so many younger fans has obviously come to it through the twenty first century because I've not been to that many cons post two thousand and five with the comeback. Mainly, it's been big yeah. finish days. Um, although I have been to the London Film and Comic Convention as well back in 2017. Um, so it was quite a, I mean, it was a bit of an eye-opener that way, but it was the positivity was unbelievable. Um, you know, getting to chat with some fans who were there. And um, in fact, Dave, before I continue, why don't we hear from some of the fans who were there? Surely, let's do that. My name is Ivy. My Twitter handle is at protagonist Ivy, and I live in the U.S. of A. If you couldn't tell by the accent, I guess people would <laughs> recognize that one quite quickly. You forgot to mention the most important fact of all: the fact What's that you're that? the fact that you're Scottish, really. Yeah, I do have Scottish blood. Yeah, in the, in the way that Americans, you know, are of European descent, so very distantly, but still. 
it doesn't matter. It still counts. You're still part Scottish. So that's so. Welcome to the Power of Three, the world's most Scottish podcast. <laughs> I would say it was a real joy to meet you in person. Um, obviously, having Thank chatted you. on Twitter for quite a while, and um, and then just to see you just at the end of the bar beside Gary Russell and Peter Angelides, and it's like, oh, hello. <laughs> so it was, it was always quite nice just to, to meet somebody in the flesh for the first time, isn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of that at this year's Galfrey one because the year before, I think there was only one person I knew from Twitter that I like spoke to regularly that was going there. There was a lot of people who I know on Twitter that were there last year, but I like I guess I didn't notice or I wasn't aware that they were going to be there. Um, but this year I knew a lot of people, and so yeah, there was. I mean, I'd say like easily. 20 people that I knew on Twitter that I got to meet in person for the first time. So that was like so cool. <laughs> I think that one of the real joys about these things is the, the fact that we're sort of obviously we're out of COVID and we're back in the real world and we're all able to meet up again. Um, so tell us what was the difference between last year's event and this year's? Um, I, I would say there's definitely a lot less people in 2022 um i don't know the exact numbers but i i know it you know for one it didn't sell out last year so i i from what i remember there was definitely a lot less people uh just because we were sort of more there was you know covid was a bit more prominent it's not like it's over but it was a like a lot more prominent in 2022 so i think a lot of people didn't go because of that and so there's a lot less people um, I think it was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say there was a ton of difference besides it being less people. I believe there was, I mean, the same, I'd say, amount of guests, kind of the same vibe in terms of events and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I would say the, the amount of people was the biggest difference. I think for a lot of fans, particularly yourself included, the appearance of a certain guest at this year's event was a real highlight for you. Yeah, yeah, Jody Whitaker was here and then Amanda Gill was there in 2022. So it was kind of like I got I got to meet both of them, which was so cool. Sasha Dewan was also there in 2022, but I didn't really get a huge chance to get to meet him. So I'm hoping he'll come back another year. But yeah, so Jody being there, I think inspired a lot of people to come, but I'm hoping that people are still inspired to come you know, no matter who the guests are, if they can, just because it's such a fun experience, so. Yeah, something that I think that I'm, I'm not aware of that they have at British conventions that obviously they had at Gallifrey there, was the script read-through. Could you maybe tell us a wee bit more about that? Because obviously you went along yeah, to it. Yeah, so the script read-throughs, they're one of the paid events. Um, I'm gonna turn my volume up, because again, the dryer is just like, beating a drum beat right now um <laughs> but i it's one of the paid private events at gallifrey one but it's so much fun basically um they have like one guest mainly i think there's a couple where they'll have two um and then and you receive a signed copy of whatever script they're reading from so for example with jody whitaker's script read she read from power of the doctor with manda gill's script read she read from eve of the daleks um, and then they will 
um, you know, you sit down in the room and they will read from the script and usually they'll play their part, but, you know, occasionally they'll switch it up and, you know, Amanda played Dan at one point, um, Jodie Whittaker played the master at one point, and then every, all the other parts, they take volunteers from the crowd to act out the other parts. So you kind of, you know, if you volunteer, you have a chance to sort of act along the guest, which is pretty cool. I was most depressed with the sound of that because it's not something that I'd heard of happening at UK events. I mean, I particularly like was obviously you got your signed script, which was signed by Jodie, and we can maybe maybe enough time has passed now we can do the big reveal as to as to the, how you got your additional signatures. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking. Oh gosh, it was Sunday, wasn't it? Um, it was, yeah. When we, yeah, you kind of sort of let me into the green room, and I, like a lot of people were in there. Jody Whitaker was in there briefly. Jeanette Fielding was in there. Sophie Aldred, Jody Hauser. Um, I'm like trying to remember who all was in there, but Wendy Padbury came in at one point, um, and she was really sweet. So yeah, I got some extra signatures on that which was cool because well i have it i don't know because this is a podcast i don't know if it'll be visual but i do have it here so it's all do it. you can tap it you can, so we can prove it exists okay oh there we go i haven't yeah, seen it in three can... weeks hello script <laughs> hello hi script hey. yeah so that that was really really cool and um both jeanette fielding and sophie aldred were very kind enough to sign it and they were nice to kind of chat to and yeah yeah, well, I'm still um, trying to get hold of our... Uh, uh, you didn't get to meet Patrick, did you? Patrick O'Kane. Um, no, I didn't. Oh, there was a um, lot that I actually didn't get to do this year, but I was hanging out with friends, so I yeah. missed stuff. And that's not something I can complain about, so... Definitely not. Because I think the thing that I found just that I loved was the fact that it was, an, it was like a, a little mini community for like three, yeah. four or five days where you had all the fans coming together and it was just such a safe space and I think people really enjoyed that because there were people there who um like like DJ who we met who's a lovely lovely fan and who I didn't know before and just you know chatting with him and and he's had quite frankly a bit of a shit time in life and I was appalled by some of the things that he was telling me that you know people have called him over the years but for him to come here to Gallifrey one and he just it was just a lovely atmosphere and was able to relax and enjoy just being in a safe space like that and I think that's something that I hadn't really appreciated you know thinking about it you know sort of like I just think oh it's a convention I'm there to see my friends have a few drinks but the fact there's that that safe space element and I think that is wonderful and I'm sure you'll have seen that as well for a lot of people yeah um one dj i i think their pronouns are they them um they they were one of the people that i actually didn't know before the event and then i met them and now it's like um you know we haven't chatted in kind of since then but i still feel like i had a great time with them and it was just so easy to like get to meet new people on top of meeting people you already knew so it was just i mean it, it's just very easy to talk to people like when i first like i think my first year I was a total wallflower um and just kind of like uh how do I talk to people um and then like it was just it was very easy um you know going up to people once you kind of get started and so I kind of had that 
you know, in mind this year when I started meeting people, it's like, you know, I know there's that space to just kind of go up and talk to people. So I really liked that. It was just that element of just sort of like people were happy. There were just so many smiles. There was sort of no disagreements. It was just such a happy, really good vibe in there. And everybody was just having a good laugh. Something that I noticed was an awful lot of people wearing, and I do include yourself in this, their Jody coats, which I was amazed that the, the I thought that looks amazing, but of course that's something that you could actually buy in stores stateside. Well, yeah, you usually got to buy it online. Unfortunately, here in the US, kind of after Doctor Who got taken off of Netflix, there has been like a dip in general public, like, viewing and fandom participation so you hot topic has that to do stuff but you won't really find it in stores you kind of have to find it online you mentioned this was your second time because last year you didn't go alone did you no i had my mom there she wasn't she didn't actually like really come to the convention but she was there <laughs> what did she make of it last year what she saw of it um she, I believe she only saw the ice cream social bit. So she thought it was cool, um, but she, she watches Doctor Who, you know, if I put it on, but she's not really, like, a huge fan. Not in a negative way, just she doesn't usually watch it, like, on her own or know too much about it. Um, so she just kind of hung out in L.A. for <laughs> the whole weekend. And which, you know, I was like, that's all right, because, you know, I'll just, you know, I got stuff to do here, so... <laughs> It's quite incredible just how easily people get on from so many different backgrounds because we've all got this one thing that we have in common in the fact that you and I had never spoken a word before we went out there and by the time that you know you left on the Monday and I went later on it was just like just about somebody who'd known for years quite incredible yeah <laughs> yeah and there's I feel like there's so many people that you know again it's like I spoke to them briefly on Twitter or like we're just kind of aware of each other and then we met at Gallifrey One, and now it's like we know each other more. Um, and there, and again, this year there was so many people I know on Twitter that I didn't realize were there. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, you were at Gallifrey One 2023, and we didn't like say hi. Like, all right, well, because I don't think we realized, you know, when we saw each other, we probably didn't notice, you know, faces and stuff like that. So it was just there's always like. I don't know. There's always people to meet, and I guess now I'm more aware that there's probably people I already know <laughs> there. So that's an interesting development. I think having your badge definitely helped, and as you know, I've got mine sitting proudly on my lap, my computer laptop, or sitting beside it, so it's there all the time when I'm at work. So I do say hello to your badge quite a lot. It does say the main protagonist on it. Yeah. So it's right. It's rather. It's rather. <laughs> yeah, I I still have my ribbon sash, but it needs some TLC because it's falling apart. Let's talk um, about these ribbons because these are things that yeah. I'd, I'd heard about before and sort of like just thought what on earth are they is it sort of like just like you know the awareness ribbons that you can get for whether it's for cancer or for AIDS yes. or anything like that so, they're so basically yeah they're these little ribbons um where you can get like different things printed on them quotes um pictures these things like that and they have a little adhesive strip on the top so you can kind of stick them to one another and just kind of make this long sort of trail of these ribbons and so that kind of 
as far as I know, Gallifrey One is the only convention that really does it. Um, but like you know, people trade them, uh, people give them out, and you just kind of get as many as you can. And I, my ribbon sash this year, I believe, was over ten feet long. So British people can do that, and Scottish people can do that conversion. Um, but it was quite long. Is the I slightly accurate conversion rate yeah. is just long. You yeah. were starting to look like um, it was like the, the Lord President sash of Rassilon in the Deadly Assassin. That kind yeah. of looked to it. Well, my one of my ribbons that I gave out referenced that it was. Um, it said the badge sash of Rassilon because that's exactly what it ends up looking like is you just have this long sash um and you know uh mine's doing all right but it does kind of you know if there's stress put on the adhesive it can start falling apart so i've got to uh sew it back yeah. together in a lot of places yeah because so. we were chatting about this the other day um, when we were having a, a quick call and uh, mine actually fell in half uh, on Friday when yeah. I was working and I just heard this sort of sound to my side like, no and I was in the middle of a call and I couldn't go and pick it up and fix it so I'm gonna have to get that swing kit out after all yeah they do provide at Gallifrey One they have a costume repair little booth and so they can sew it um you know for a donation and so I got a significant chunk of mine sewed, but the part that isn't sewed is, you know, then taking on more of the stress, so to say. So, yeah, I need to take matters into my own hands. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, Gallifrey One is, without doubt, it's the ultimate convention experience that a fan can have. I've been to conventions in Britain, Panopticon, which was always the big one before in the UK, went to Monopticon, which was a big one in Manchester. And obviously I've been to Big Finish Day several times, which to my mind is the premier UK convention. But uh, I can say that now as a, a Big Finish person. But um, I have to say the gallery experience has left me wanting more. And before we started chatting, you gave me that interesting stat about how long it is to go as we record. It's... Yes, uh, let me check. <laughs> It is 11 months and three days, so I'm already counting down for the next one. <laughs> I would like it's to think that, that It's there. that wonderful. I'm already counting down. Yeah, to me, that says that it's been a good convention when you're already thinking about going to your next one. And uh, would you ever like to come to a convention in the UK? You know, I would. I've, I've always wanted to go to the UK, and especially because I have so many friends there. Um, but it's a thing where I have, I'm fortunate enough to have so many friends there and have so many things that I'd want to do that I would have to be there for like a month. Um, <laughs> which might be a little difficult to arrange. So we'll see. One, one day I might. I think I'm, because the thing is I've never been to a like real convention other than Gallifrey One. And so, yeah, I'd have to get... A, adjusted to it I think <laughs> it's definitely a different atmosphere but um, I think you would love it and um, mm. yeah and and of course if you are coming to the UK you know that you're travelling north of the border yeah you've got to embrace your roots Ivy <laughs> I know I like I said there's so much stuff I would want to do that I would have to be there for a very long time because yeah. you know I can't go there and then miss a, out a bunch of stuff and then I gotta go there again and it's you know I gotta take multiple trips oh that would be awful wouldn't it 
have to go back again. Yeah, again. I don't want to. I don't want to go to the UK more than once, Kenny. That'd be <sighs> terrible. <laughs> and I so used to like you. Tell you what. And the podcast. Yeah, well, just in our in our for our own little private joke, there will be discussions going on in the parallel universe tonight after that comment. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, it's just, you know, for efficiency purposes in terms of getting over there and the scheduling and saving up and stuff, yeah. I would just want to do as much <laughs> stuff as possible in one go. Exactly. I get it. I get that entirely. But it's been fab. Ivy, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us yeah. and sharing your Gallifrey experience. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I am Hannah Bepsworth. I am from Aberdeen originally. And and um, for audio, he's celebrating the fact that I'm Scottish. And I currently, and hopefully permanently, live in Brussels in Belgium. So thanks very much for joining us. It's lovely to always have another Scottish voice on. And obviously even better to have a, a new friend from the wonderful world of Gallifrey. And it really yes. is a world of its own, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a kind of self-contained like space of joy and everyone being dressed as Doctor Who characters and monsters and various things and also as space rockets. God I've forgotten about the space rocket yes. I see at first I thought they yeah, were a sonic no, screwdriver and then realized no they're not. They're space <laughs> I think there was a sonic screwdriver but yeah. Yeah. Amazing. They, were, they were there or someone in a rocket costume was there last year. Because Nicholas um, Nicholas White is my colleague and a fellow Doctor Who fan, he took a picture of it and showed it to me <laughs> last year. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so tell us a wee bit about your convention-going experience. Is Gallifrey the only convention you've been to, or have you been to UK ones before? Uh, no. So when I was um, still living in Scotland. I didn't really do conventions that much because um, I was in Aberdeen and then it's a big trek and you're a teenager. And then I was at university in Edinburgh and you don't have a lot of money and also nothing really happens except in Glasgow. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, no, 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 we're not getting into the Edinburgh-Glasgow debate, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> but when I was at school, I did go to the, um, I can't find the t-shirt for it now, unfortunately, it'll be in a box somewhere, I'm moving. But um, the I went to the Doctor Who live with like the monsters costumes and the and like the music, Murray Gold. I listened to Murray Gold at work when I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> it's great. And I was still at school because I went with my friend Amy, so it must have been before 2012. Bloody hell, that's scary, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I still remember, um, I'm digressing away from my convention experience now, but I still remember um, crying on the sofa at Doomsday on holiday when I was a kid. Like... <laughs> Because I, I, the Doctor and Rose, I think were my first like main fandom ship that I fully like <laughs> got involved with. Um, no, I used to go to the conventions in Brussels, the Brussels Comic Con, because they had a few Doctor Who um, people just before the the pandemic. Actually, um, they had Paul McGann come over, and I think they had Colin Baker as well. There was a panel with Doctor Who, like. Um, 
and there isn't we haven't gone back for a while because usually there's not much like Doctor Who content anymore um, and there's not much content of anything that I'm super interested in but yeah no so that was the um, Paul McGann I met um, Paul McGann just before the pandemic because I went to get a picture taken with him um, because and this is this is really niche but he um, played uh, Dr John Gaskell in Holby City and Dr. John Gaskell, um, his whole plot line was that he was kind of bumping people off to cover up that his um, surgical, his surgical um, kind of event, his surgical invention of this new technique didn't actually work. <laughs> so I mentioned this to Paul. I said, oh, you didn't expect to come to Brussels and see anyone talk to you about Holby City. And he goes, Dr. John Gaskell, uh, Gaskell was misunderstood, you know. <laughs> that's really, really cool. That, that's fab. And of course, um, I'll leap ahead slightly. When you f- you found me, as obviously you've been told that there was another Scottish person there, and yes. uh, and you were wearing a Paul McGann Eighth Doctor outfit, TV movie style. Yes, I was. Um, I actually did. That was actually something that uh, I came up with in, in passing with Nicholas, because he said to me um, once do you want to come to Los Angeles to go to this Doctor Who convention with me? And that was uh, not this year, but the year before was my first one. And I went, here, Nicholas, my hair, I could, if I grow it out, I could play the eighth Doctor. (laughs) So that's what happened. (laughs) It's brilliant. I have to say, I was most impressed. It's, well, as you know, from my my other podcast and um, I do kind of have a soft spot for that particular incarnation so it was always yeah. nice and I do have that selfie did I send you that selfie? I think oh, I um, if, did you? if I didn't I will send it afterwards don't send it to me again anyway <laughs> I shall do yeah. Um, so yeah I think it was just so nice and uh, particularly nice to hear another Scottish accent there because it was a bit of a surprise because yeah. I knew that Elizabeth Miles would be out there and Jimmy Magnus Stone would be out there. So um, that was quite nice. There were at least four of us that we know of now. So we've managed to identify the best people at the convention. Sorry, American listeners yeah. and English well, listeners. Like a, a few in there are deed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good, a good Scottish one there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So what were your first impressions of Gallifrey when you went last year and how would you have compared it with this year's one? Okay, so yeah, no, that's really that's really interesting because um, it's kind of, it was kind of similar because you still had to have your masks on and everything. But the first year, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I hadn't really kind of understood the convention, or I didn't. And Nicholas knew everyone. It, he does that. He everywhere he goes, <laughs> and I um, uh, was kind of getting to grips with it. But I did kind of slot into the. Um, more like fandomy side of things to the um, LGBT plus. Um, I'm asexual, so I went to the LGBT plus meetup, and um, someone drove a Dalek in, and someone put a flower garland around it, and that was the vibe <laughs> that I kind of fell into. Um, I've also got involved in, which I didn't know existed, and found out at Gallifrey One the first year, is the Doctor Who role playing game. <laughs> I remember that. Um, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the Doctor Who Time Lord, the version that came out in around 1990, 91. My goodness. Oh, wow. Now, this was... Um, I played Graham, actually, 
Um, and uh, I did that again on the first day of Gallifrey One this year. And then, because uh, you end up with some completely random stories from this, and I can tell a bunch of them. <laughs> so, first session, we're um, uh, doing it's Robin Hood. Where they, they've run into Robin Hood. And the Doctor, of course, has met Robin Hood before. But Ryan and I are completely kind of beside ourselves because that's Robin Hood. You get story points in the game for saying something that makes the that amuses the DM or that it's very in character. And I went, here, Ryan, you know like the Disney film where he's like a he's like an animal on that. And I got a story point thrown across the, <laughs> the table at <laughs> so you, men- you mentioned yeah. just like, like that. I mean that's completely different from what you would get in a convention in the UK because there's all these wee things that um, you're getting the like the script read through and stuff like that which is just you know completely oh, different from what we get so I wasn't at it did you go to that yes um and like I don't know how much is public of it <laughs> but Chris Chibnall um was present in the room while Jody was doing the script reading and she called him up on stage to play the Dalek commander from Power of the Doctor and <laughs> the moderator, whose name escapes me, unfortunately. Um, uh, I'm sorry about that. You were very good. You were very funny, but I have forgotten your name. <laughs> and he said to Chris, yeah, Chris, just a little bit of directorial feedback. You are playing a Dalek. You are not dying. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, he switches. For, no, he was because I said he was playing the Dalek commander, but he was playing the Dalek spy initially, and then the Dalek commander, basically all the Daleks in that scene. So he plays this Dalek spy in a way that sounds like he's dying. And then the last scene, he pulls out a proper Dalek voice for the Dalek commander. Stay where you are. <laughs> like a whole like tone lower than he was doing for the spy Dalek. <laughs> That's so cool. See, I didn't go to that. I was doing a big finish panel at the time. And the weird thing yeah. was, I, I was cheering that. And the weird thing was, um, I kept hearing this voice coming over and it was just like, I just kept thinking, that sounds really like Jodie Whittaker shouting. And I just thought, just shut up. I'm trying to do so, you're trying to do a panel here. And then of course it turned out it was Jodie Whittaker shouting. So it was like, oh, good job yeah. I didn't shout anything through the doors. Like, shut up. Scottish person talking in here, talking big finish. Um, but did you did you go to quite a lot of the panels over the weekend? Um, I went to a few of them, but see, the thing was, I took myself out of the running in the first day because I spent so much time playing role-playing games. <laughs> but no, I went to some some good ones. You can see me kind of pulling up. Well, you can't see me because I'm in a podcast, but Kenny can see me um, pulling up the Shed app to try and remember what it was that I went to. My paper guide is actually just through there. But um... <laughs> I've got mine upstairs. Uh, yeah, I've got the the badge the the badge with all the ribbons on it as well. How many ribbons did you get in the end? I actually need to count this. No, because some of mine fell off and it was devastating. Mm -hmm. But another person dressed as the eighth doctor gave me like a copy of all of their ribbons, even though I didn't understand some of the references just to make up for it. (laughs) Everyone's really lovely at this. Like first, the first year I thought, oh, I don't know when I'm going to get any ribbons. And then someone gave one to me for standing next to them in the Starbucks queue. Like they just left, right, and centre. Yeah, that Starbucks that's in the foyer of the hotel. So, oh God, it's so good. Oh yeah. Oh, I went to the the. Um, I actually spent a lot of my time in Program A. Um, mm-hmm. 
but the in the main of, the main hall, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I've been really kind of niche in my. Uh, That's all right. I went, I went to the yeah. I went to a lot of the commentaries, like the show commentaries that they did, like the live commentaries on the episodes, and it's super interesting. Um, I didn't live tweet it this time because I was too like focused on watching it, but I did a lot of live tweeting last year. <laughs> It's, um, it's a great thing, the live tweeting, now that I was having followed it more recently, it's like, yeah, this is actually really good. So if I don't go next year, then, which I really hope I do go, um, I will definitely be following live tweets. Are you going back next year? Now, this is the eternal question, because what always happens is Nicholas and I go, uh, yeah, so shall we go back next year? And then eventually in December, we're like, yeah, we're going to go for it. <laughs> So we'll see how the, but there's yeah. always a reason to go. And exactly. someone said that they had a theory that because of the the rotation or the number, like the previous pattern they've had of guests, that they hope Paul McGann will come. And I was like, if Paul McGann comes, I am so there, I am so there. And I think I told you this. You did. Um, because <laughs> when I met him at Brussels Comic Con, it was just before the lockdowns. Like that was the last big event in Brussels. I think that was. In- January or February. So I met this this man and I had not listened to any of his audios or anything. So I spent that pandemic lockdown where you could only go out for a walk um, for exercise, walking around the Saint-Contenaire Park, listening to the Doctor Who eight audios, big Finnish audios that are available on Spotify. That's just amazing. That is just Like amazing. I was looking at Greyus walking around this... <laughs> It's funny how we've got memories of where we first heard some big Finnish stories, because I remember, and I've said it, I think I've said it on Pieces of Eight, the first time I heard Storm Warning, I was in my car driving to work at Disco Bright News, and I had the CD player in the passenger seat, my CD Discman, because I didn't have a CD player in the car, plugged in via tape, a tape adapter, and listening to it, and every time I went over a bump, the CD would skip, it's like, no, just play! And <laughs> it was so frustrating, but uh, yeah, that was uh, January 2001. I was but a child. <laughs> I was actually a literal child then, but... <laughs> yeah, thanks. On, on the, I, I have a duty to kind of rub it in. I, I, on, the pl- on the plane back from Gallifrey 1 last year, I listened to... I should really remember what the title of the story is. I so There are going to be spoilers involved in this, so like here is a warning now if you haven't listened to like those audios. Go and listen to them. Um, it's the one where um, his um, Susan's son and his companion um, both end up dying. Oh, with Sheridan Smith, we're talking. We're talking Lucy Miller and To the Day. Yes, Lucy Miller. Yes. So I was listening to that on the plane back from Gallifrey One, <laughs> on this long haul flight, with my headphones right up to come over the engines, and I'm like the way, the way that Paul McGann kind of like, the emotion that he puts in his voice he's like dark ten before dark ten <laughs> and I was just beside myself on this this flight Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an incredible performance, I mean, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like they can't kill Lucy Miller you can't kill Lucy Miller because I am the world's biggest Lucy Miller fan nobody can steal that crown from me and um yeah, it was just, what? It was almost like a Russell T. Davis cliffhanger. What, what, what moment? And, just, yeah. and it was just so daring and completely unexpected. And um, 
still very moving. Of course, this year in the flight back, you slept all the way because you were like two seats away from me. <laughs> yeah, um, I was like, I'm gonna have have a sleep at this point because it it's exhausting. I yeah. did download like, I had Doctor Who books on my Kindle. I had the Big Finish app on here, and I fell asleep. <laughs> but to be fair, I think when we're all running, I mean, I, I was running deliberately on about four hours sleep a night just so I could try and keep going so that for coming back home I'd sleep in the plane I'd be exhausted and get my sleeping pattern kicked back to normal straight straight away yeah. which which did work then I caught a oh. mild form of the flu and uh, and that completely knackered me because I slept solidly for two days and then was awake all night and the third night I was like great Arr. anyway it was still a, an amazing time were there any other particular things that sprung to mind? Yeah, so last year, the first year um, I was at Gallifrey One, I remember being completely jet lagged um, in the bar and kind of staring into space. I had a few, I was with a few other people around me, but I was looking at the TV screen at the back of the the table we were on, and there's this bizarre TV show where these like firefighters are rescuing someone who called nine one one from a flight in progress. <laughs> and this is bizarre going on in the background and I go back to my I went to the hotel to another hotel to do some tourism in Los Angeles that year and I go to this hotel and I flip through the channels and the show is still on so I end up watching this bizarre firefighter procedural <laughs> um, 911 um, and then I kind of forget about it for a few months and then I realise it's on Disney Plus in Belgium so I binge watch all four seasons of this and I love the fact that Gallifrey One brought me into like a completely different show by accident. But someone was tweeting about it today. Um, uh, it was someone who was into Doctor Who. Um, and I saw it on my Twitter feed. And um, I said, so <laughs> the the show has a particular kind of habit of doing kind of queer baiting with a particular pairing, which has meant it's become known as the hashtag gay firefighter show on Twitter. <laughs> and um, Kevin, um, who's done Doctor Who writing, tweeted about the show and then said, what's this? Oh, it's a procedural drama that isn't actually gay. And I was like, uh, no, no, let me jump in here because <laughs> I got introduced to this in Gallifrey 1 last year and it was fine. It was fine up until the end of season four. <laughs> so the two kind of collided today. <laughs> That's amazing. My wife is a big fan of um, 911 and uh... And, all, and it's got a spin-off as well, hasn't it? Is that the one with Kiefer Sutherland in it? Star, yeah, there's some seasons of that. Or, on well. Is it Kiefer Sutherland? No, no, it's Rob Lowe. Yeah, he's the lone star bloke. He's Owen. Yes. Um, he's a New York <laughs> firefighter who finds himself in Texas um, while being kind of like the stereotypical guy who like does juice detoxes and has fancy hair products. <laughs> um it. No, the lo- lo- uh, 911 is set in Los Angeles, so that's, um, uh, and there have been moments where I was watching it, and I was like, I recognise that. <laughs> I've been to that bit. It's, um, it's very surreal, seeing yeah, LAX and stuff like that. I mean, I watched Holby City, and like 911 is like Holby City on steroids. It is ridiculous. With more firefighters thrown in, but not literally thrown into the fire, that'd be hideous. Uh, well, one of them got thrown off a ladder truck by lightning <laughs> last <laughs> week. 
I don't know this. I my wife hasn't mentioned it. She I I don't watch it. But uh, um, like, you spoiler, like I saw that on Twitter. So that's like last week. So like okay. don't don't tell. <laughs> but I assume she also ships Buck and Eddie because it's impossible not to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. But yeah, so that was Gallifrey One brought me into a whole new fandom. <laughs> Any particular highlights for you? You are allowed to mention the big finish panels if you if you if you like to, you know. Well, the big finish panels that I unfortunately was not at were I'm sure were brilliant, but <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not even gonna go into what you said no. there. <laughs> no, um I I think this is a side effect of me having been in the the um script reading <laughs> yeah you're all right well, you're forgiven yes um that was just such a joy like everyone in the room was so engaged with it so there was such a, like outpouring of love for that era um and then they do they were kind of sending themselves up as well like they <laughs> the doc um jody got um a, ma a man with a uh, ventriloquist like dummy to play yaz no, to play, to play was that is it to play Yaz? Anyway, I think she decided at one point she wanted to play Yaz, but uh, <laughs> there was someone reading a part through a ventriloquist dummy, basically. <laughs> it's just um, they got, for the scene where Jody is speaking to the past doctors. They got people up who were dressed as the doctor to play one of the doctors, but it had to be a doctor that was not the one they were dressed as. <sighs> So it got incredibly complicated incredibly quickly, <laughs> but that that was good fun. That was good fun. Um, I think the other highlight for me, um, and this is very very niche because um, there was only kind of like five or six people around this table, were was I did the first role playing game in the morning, and um, that was fun. That was good. But my main memories of the second one because they are they mentioned that they were going to play masterful, where everyone would play a version of the master. Being Scottish, I was like, right, I'll be Missy. <laughs> um, and there was one point where um, Dawan Master Tissue compressed a robot bear that had gone kind of um, insane. Um, it's like a cocaine bear. <laughs> it was kind of the murderous type. So, um, <laughs> um, so we defeated it. Um, and we defeated it by... I said to the DM, can I crush it under my high-heeled boot? Um, <laughs> and uh, they said yes. So it was like, Missy crushes the bear under her boot as it says, I just wanted to be loved. <laughs> that's, so, that's so surreal, but it's also very, very, very sort of thing Missy would do. You can, I can picture it very easily. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you had a great time. And again, it was lovely to chat out there. And it's lovely to chat again now, Hannah. That's great. Thank you very much for having me. And, and of course, uh, if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Betsworth H. I might need to spell my surname. <laughs> um, so that is at um, B E double -T, T S W O R T H um, H. <laughs> Fantastic. Hannah, thank you. Thank you very much. And our final guest today joining us is Leela from Gallifrey, but not that one and not that Gallifrey. 
<laughs> no, my name is uh, Leela Morris, and I have been attending Gallifrey for about 10 years. I am from Utah, so it's not too much of a travel issue for me, but it is definitely my favorite convention. So happy to be here to talk about it. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, as we speak, it's 2 p.m. for me and 8 a.m. for you. And uh, <laughs> thank goodness for that uh, daylight saving type stuff because it saves us two hours. So always <laughs> Just good. a little bit. It's, it's a little rougher for me. <laughs> Lots of coffee. <laughs> yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. So let's talk about um, this year's events compared to previous ones. How would you place it based on your experiences? Because obviously it was my first one and I thought it was the best talk to convention I've ever been to. <laughs> Every year, I think it's the best one. Um, I feel like the con just continues to get better and more well-known, which means we have more people attending. And I don't just mean like guests, like the fact that we got Jody Whitaker is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but the fact that I am seeing more people coming from across the US, but also abroad from uh, the UK as well is absolutely phenomenal. And every year I'm reminded about why I continue to come every year. It is just an absolutely wonderful time. Everybody is so kind. The guests are phenomenal. And I, I can't just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. You really should get a job in the advertising team for it. <laughs> if they want to hire me, I'd be happy to talk. Fantastic. <laughs> Sean Lyon, if you're listening, this is for you. I think that it's very different for me from my perspective coming at it from UK conventions, whereas things like the script readings, the cafe clutches, um, even the sort of like the discussions and things like that were not quite things that I was used to. So what were your favourites this year? What were your favourite things that you went to? Uh, coffee clutches are always one of my favourites um, because I continue to just seem to deep dive further and further into the big Finnish world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the coffee clutches, for anyone who doesn't know, are very just intimate meet and greets with about, I don't know, 10 or 12 people uh, with the guest. Um, and you get to just hang around a table with them and ask questions and have a discussion. And it feels a lot more like a conversation amongst friends than it does an interview because um, there's no panelists or anything like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it's just a fantastic, fantastic time. And it's a great opportunity to kind of just be able to ask more of those questions that you yourself want to hear about and to give the guest an opportunity to tell us what they're really excited about, what might be coming up uh, soon. And it's just, again, a, just a really phenomenal time. And I've done many of them over the years and they're, they're fantastic. I thought the one that I came along to, which you were at, which had Matt Fitton and Alfie Shaw, was really <laughs> they good are fun. fantastic. It, I mean, I have to say, it was going along really nicely, really informatively, and then somebody started making Scottish references all the time, and it sort of became organised chaos, so I do apologise. <laughs> oh, please don't. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. Thank you. And uh, obviously, the, a big part of Gallifrey, is, which I noticed compared to, again, with UK conventions, is the cosplay and you have to tell us about your incredible outfit which absolutely caught my eye straight away <laughs> um a couple years ago um i decided i wanted to do a uh celestial intervention agency um outfit and we only see them on screen once in the war games with patrick troughton um but of course we get a lot more in-depth cia um 
content in Big Finish, particularly the Gallifrey series with my favorite character, Narvin. And um, I saw somebody did this beautiful piece of artwork, and I'm so sorry I don't have the artist's name on hand, um, but it was a bit more of a modernization of those long Time Lord robes, and instead of reaching to the floor, it was more of a coat, which I thought was a really phenomenal idea. And um, so I took this piece of artwork and I was just thought, I, I want that. I think that looks absolutely fantastic. It will be such a niche thing. There will be so few people who understand what this is, but for those few people, it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, cosplay for yourself, cosplay what you love. You know, it doesn't have to be the most popular characters. Um, so I just did a little bit of research, ended up trying to find a pattern that I thought would work as best as I could since this is not a well-known uh, character it's not a well-known you know piece of costume um, so with uh, much frustration and a lot of help from my wonderful mother Terry uh, we created this coat and it has been my favorite thing to wear at every Gallifrey convention since I made it it's <laughs> and very it's extremely comfortable <laughs> even better no yeah. I, cl I, I clocked it straight away and thought oh that's brilliant as you can see I'm doing my tribute to it today with, um, <clears throat> fantastic um, for listeners I am wearing full Time Lord regalia I've just taken off my collar <laughs> and left it at the side so uh, Leela can confirm it looks great this. thank mm -hmm. you oh, uh, I mean I think the other thing that I particularly like is the atmosphere and the fact that you get talking to total strangers and, you know, by the end of the convention, you know, there we are, we'd swap Twitter and we've been chatting quite a lot ever since. And it's just been such a nice thing that, that's come out of it, just making new friends and, and staying in touch and not just chatting about Doctor Who stuff, chatting about real life stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Holidays, sunshine, snow. Yes. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fantastic. Every year I end up meeting new people that it's either their first convention or somehow we have missed each other. Because uh, one of the great things about Gallifrey is that it is a smaller convention. And so at the end of the con, you feel like you've met almost everybody, <laughs> if not um, hanging out at the bar or, you know, sitting next to each other in a panel. There's just so much camaraderie behind the convention and everybody is so friendly. Um, it's not uncommon just to see people just be waved over and be like, oh, come sit with us. Like, it's 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 fine. Come sit with us. Come hang out with us. Meet some new people. Um, my lovely husband, Jesse, who is not much of a Doctor Who fan, although he has listened to many Big Finish when he's trapped in, uh, you know, on road trips with me, <laughs> um, comes to the convention with me now. This was his second year. And he made new friends at his first convention, which was uh, last year, and he found them again this time and stayed up really late at the bar and then played uh, pub trivia with a bunch of people he didn't know, and he had an absolute blast. And so I just love being able to see even people like him who are not strictly in the fandom having a great time, which I just love about Gallifrey. Yeah, I was going to say about Jesse, he's... Uh... I think a lot of um, those of us who are fans of spouses, I think quite a lot of them are very, very patient and tolerant to put up with they are. our fanish <laughs> indulgences. Um, and I think that uh, you seem to be having a great time. And uh, from what you're saying, that's really good to hear that you did. And uh, just sure. wandering around and 
a world of its own. So what were your particular highlights this year? Was it Jody's panels or was it Big Finish panels? Particularly the Big Finish writers panel, which was like Vortex Live. <laughs> you don't need to answer that <laughs> It really that was one. like Vortex Live, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I Again, there's just so many things going on. Having Jody was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and after seeing some of the pictures and footage that I'd seen from friends who went to like the script readings, I was like, oh shoot, I wish I had done that now. Um, the big finish panels, of course, are always a highlight for me because all of Doctor Who is like this, but I feel like big finish being just the niche that it is. I love seeing people being unapologetically excited about what they do. And nothing is more exciting than seeing the so many of these people who were Doctor Who fans and just total nerds like the rest of us getting to write for these characters and getting to add to the canon, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, again, like I feel like Gallifrey in its entirety is just one gigantic highlight, <laughs> which I know doesn't quite answer your question, but it is a really fun time. And um, because Doctor Who and Big Finish, there is so much content in there. It's wonderful to go to anything from um, interviews with uh, Jodie Whittaker or any of the other actors to panel like the big finish panels like you said it's like vortex live with all the writers and you just get to learn new things that you maybe you've never heard before or you get recommendations for stuff you've never heard before but then you go watch it you know you watch an old classic episode or you listen to a, a big finish that is 15 years old and it's absolutely phenomenal and you just think how have i never heard about this before but then when you have a big group of people who are so passionate about it you get to learn those things and grow your fandom even more <laughs> yeah i mean that, that was the thing when i was chairing the panel was you know that everybody in that room is going to know all your throwaway jokes whether it's <laughs> references to narvin i say things like that um and you know the r101 whatever it may be and i think that's the great thing is that you can actually you don't need to sort of like do it surface level sort of to make for sure so that everybody in there absolutely knows what you're talking about they're there because they know big finish they get it and that way there was no need to sort of um, make it or almost like to dumb down not that for want of a term everybody right. in there knows exactly <laughs> where we're going and it's just sort of let's just get stuck in and let's just geek out together in the room well and i noticed too about i think one of the big finish panels somebody brought up a character or a companion or something they had never heard of and they felt comfortable to say I've never heard of that person. Can somebody tell me where I should start? Which is great. Like the lack of gatekeeping is just wonderful. And I, I realize I keep using wonderful, fantastic. I'm like, I cannot think of enough words to describe how uh, just welcoming everybody is. The fact that somebody can just say, I don't know a lot about this. Can somebody point me in the right direction? And everybody is stoked. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing. Um, you asked me for a few sort of wee recommendations and there you go. Hey. You got some, you, yeah. And, well, okay, you asked me for a few and you ended up getting bucket loads. Uh, but uh, that's all right because there's their ideas to work through, stuff to listen to and enjoy because it doesn't matter what mood you're in, there's something that will that'll appeal to you if you want something silly there's stuff like the one doctor if you want something a bit more serious and uh, there's shadow of the scourge and the rapture and just everything for every mood really absolutely i'm glad that uh, i'm glad it wasn't just me then who was enjoying that panel so much that yes no, i i love i love them <laughs> yeah in the future i take it you're planning to go back next year and the year for after sure. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> as as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done a UK convention? I have not. Um, I have multiple times wanted to come to Big Finish Day, because um, clearly there's a there's a vibe here <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, haven't managed to make it happen yet. Um, hopefully sometime in the future because it is definitely something i would love to do uh i just the stars have not aligned quite yet yeah i have to say i do like your use of the word yet which is fantastic <laughs> also we should point out that leela from gallifrey that uh, leela is your real name but spelled different it, it it is it's just with one e um and I was not named after Leela of the Seven Team. It is just kind of a happy coincidence. My first Gallifrey was about 12 years ago, and I had just, I was still a teenager. I just barely turned 19, and my mom came with me. And I know, don't roll your eyes at me. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but my mom came, and she, um, also not a huge Doctor Who fan, just kind of wanted to come and hang out. And the number of times that she got asked, like, oh, did you did you name her after Louise Jameson's character? It's like, no, 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 I didn't. But of all the characters, you couldn't have asked for like a better, <laughs> you know, kind of coincidence because uh, Leela of the Seventeen is pretty awesome. So can't can't be sad about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Although you should really get Jesse to change his surname to O oh, the Seventeen, and then you could be. <laughs> No, That's true. Maybe. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping in the future we might be able to get him to uh, cosplay a doctor or something with me. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. But no, Leela, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely delightful, and thank you for sharing your highlights of this year's gallery and also for being nice to me. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. So uh, thanks to the guys there for their time and having a wee chat with us and sharing their gallery experiences. And um, but yes, coming back to mine because that's really what we're here to talk about. My God, that sounded so egotistical and it's not meant to be, because that is the, the, the thing that I am definitely not is that. Um, but yeah, it was, the atmosphere was amazing. It was really good. I mean, there were some fantastic cosplays. There were some people with you know, really good screen accurate, you know, Jodie outfits, tons of them. Um, and apparently you could buy Jodie Whittaker coats in um, a shop called Hot Topic. I went and found that um, for a couple of my friends at work and uh, went and bought them some things there and uh, yeah, my credit card took a bit of a beasting, but I was all, I was all paid back for it, so that was good. <laughs> well, that's um, okay. Exactly. Um, but yeah, some really good cosplays, but um, two of my favourites I have to mention. One was Amovelin, um, a very, very attractive lady is Amovelin, and another <laughs> right. one was Vorg from Carnival of Monsters and Adrashik. Oh, yes, I saw, I saw photographs of that chap on the socials. Yes. It was that, fantastic. That the, yeah, the rounds, yeah. I don't know who it was, but I did go up to them and congratulate them and, and you know, compliment them in the costume. And, and I did mention that, um, my goodness, I, now that I think about it, I'm thinking this probably wasn't the smartest thing to say. So, so that, um, I've got a drashig at home, you know, one of the character options one, but um, I promise you, unlike that one, I'm not going to put my hand up your bottom. <laughs> Scottish oh, humour. Sitting with my head in my hands, listeners. At least it's that. At least we know when your hands are not up your bottom. So, yes, we can't take them anywhere, can we? No, um, definitely not. <laughs> so, out of out of the assembled Doctor Who alumni, um, sort of cast and crew and such like, was there anyone you got to speak to that you hadn't spoken to yes. before? Yes, um, I'd never really spoken with Fraser Hines in person, which was great. Um, it was lovely to actually meet him. And um, the more we found that 
and this was something I think I told you and you noticed on the phone when I was chatting, but the later into the night it got and the more that I'd had, the more tired I got and the more that I'd had to drink, the more and more I started to sound like Peter Capaldi. Uh, which was which was quite surreal, um, and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was loving it. It was quite good to, just, to go up and say things, um, and uh, that was quite good fun. But yeah, it was it was a great um, experience though of being at the bar and meeting all the fans and, and just chatting because one of the things I was doing was going around and just you know chatting, sort of oh, hello, how are you? And so obviously my accent is slightly out of the unusual in the in the states or slightly out of the usual yeah. I should say and uh, it was nice to be able to chat to uh, some of the guys and just go up random and say hello you know from the big finish stall as well and find out if people have got you know are you big finish fans have you got the app you don't have the app you know that you can actually get the app for free and download it and um, that sort of thing and there's tons of free content if you sign up for an account and doing a bit of uh, your big finish promo and i know that at least 20 people did so fingers crossed they've spent a few quid and okay. uh, it's covered my ticket uh, for going. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. Um, also, have to say a big thank you to Sean Lyon uh, for inviting me over in the first place uh, as part of the Big Finish team. So that was really kind of him, and Sean's a lovely guy. Cool. But yes, your original question was who did I talk to that I hadn't spoken to before? So yes, Fraser was one. Um, Padders again, it's somebody I'd spoken to. Um, Sophie, I know quite well. Janet, I'd spoken to on the phone, but. Uh, I get chatting with Chris Chibnall, who I have to say is absolutely lovely um, because we've got a mutual a mutual friend, and uh, so I've introduced my friend, introduced myself, and you know, explained uh, who I was, and uh, he was delighted to hear that his pal was alive and kicking, and he, um, I've obviously made it's a point you know I've got a chat with him. You know, so that when his era comes around to big finish time, um, I've got a point of contact. Because obviously, as you know, I've I've uh, got uh, I'm friendly, quite friendly with Russell, and uh, got on okay with Stephen. Obviously, not as well as uh, Mr. Harris, our missing colleague tonight. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's um, got on with. So yeah, Chris was great. Gave me his email, and so I passed on his details to his old pal and uh, they're going to have a meet up in Liverpool this summer which is lovely and I'm just so glad it's one of those things that you know sort of that, you know just by talking to people I'm delighted to yes sort of people in contact and just make people happy which is one yeah. of the, the things I, that I love to do yeah being in the right place at the right time that's marvellous that's marvellous so was you there was there anything that really kind of you found what, what did you find the most sort of remarkable and sort of unusual or interesting I think the atmosphere and the, I mean the, the thing that you sort of like when you get to our age it's very easy to be old and cynical about fandom and fans and things like that and the thing that really struck me was when so many people got to meet Jodie and this is obviously the first chance they'd had and and it sort of it made me quite I would say emotional is probably not the word, but I could, I could, you know, it reminded me of that buzz of, you know, the first time I met Tom Baker, the first time I met Colin Baker, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I actually felt really, really uplifted by that. There was just something so, just that, that innocent joy of, you know, what meeting your doctor of can course. do. And it actually really, really, I loved that. 
and just been able to sort of see the joy, you know, that you'd see people could just had their picture taken with Jodie and they got their picture and they were showing it off and they're going round. Um, and it was lovely. And I, I really, really like that. And it and it made me feel so uplifted to, to see that, you know, Doctor Who brings another generation that joy. And I hope that, yes. you know, in, you know, 25 years time that whoever the Doctor may be, and I hope I'm still on this planet then, that I can go along and see it. Obviously, it'll be a wrinkly old Scottish McPrune in the corner. But to see that joy and and people can experience that and then see another generation having that is lovely. Yeah. And I just had such a, a lovely time seeing that. And and it did, you know, it really lifted me. And just to see that, how much happiness Doctor Who can bring people. I mean, the thing is, we all have our favourite eras. We have some that we enjoy more than others. And, you know, it kind of reminded me that it's okay to have, um, and this is me sounding almost like getting, almost like preaching, but it's okay to not, you know, not enjoy one particular era, but love another. And yes. you know what? Let these people who love it celebrate it and enjoy it. And it reminded me that, Kenny, don't be a dick. And just, just <laughs> and it's, it's nice just to see people having that innocent fun. And it, and it sort of, of course, it just reminded me of what it's like to be, a, you know, a fan <laughs> in my teens, early twenties, and just. Just go with the flow and just I think it was when it came to the Monday when it was time you know when it was all over there was something really quite sad about going back to the lobby and finding it empty you know whereas you know like you know like four or five hours earlier it'd been buzzing and I'd been sitting and I went and sat in a chair but I'd been having a good chat with Lisa McMullen and um, I sat in Lisa's chair and it was like oh, it's nearly over and thinking like I'm flying home yes. later and I'll be back at work in 48 mm. hours and it was quite a, a real come down, which was yeah. really quite. I wasn't expecting that. I'd forgotten what that was like. Convention come down, yes. and it was yeah. horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. My my sort of yeah. I I know what you mean. It's like uh, you know, echoing what you're saying about the joy. I mean, I've talked. I'm sure I've talked on, on an ancient old episode of Power Three about the first time I met Peter Davison, who'd been my, you know my favourite doctor when I was a child, and like I didn't come down for weeks. I was I was floating for ages it was just joyous no other word for it but also I mean the the similar experience I always have find is like it's um anytime I've been to see Take That <laughs> I'm the biggest Take That fan you know listeners and for I remember the very first time I saw them and even the first couple of times after the, the comeback you know the it's, it's that sheer melancholy that weighs in because you've just come down from the from absolute cloud nine from absolute the absolute high, the absolute buzz. Um, I know it very well, but it's all worth it, though, isn't it? Oh, completely. I mean, I've, I mean, I get the chance. Like the Friday morning before the convention began, uh, Matt Fitton and I went to Venice Beach. We got a bus. Uh, we jogged along, did um, did did eight k, and then um, we went for breakfast at a place with the most brilliant name. I'm going to I'm going to give you the name because. I need to look it up here, but it's, it's on my phone. I saved it because it was just such a hilarious name and it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> okay. I hope it's not rude, Kenny. It's not rude. No, it's called the Cow's End Cafe. It was slightly cheeky. All right. So, yeah, we that went to good. the Cow's End Cafe in Venice Beach, but it was incredible, sort of, um, the poverty that we saw there, you know, sort of, like, people literally living in tents on the beach. And I saw that quite right. a lot when I was walking around the streets because I went through to a place called Inglewood, which is, I was later told, was one of the roughest areas, and I was walking through it just going, hello, good morning, how are you? To everybody that I saw, you know, just passing by, sort of being friendly Scottish person uh, away, and yes. um, I walked past a house which had a couple of holes in the window, and I remembered them thinking, they're quite 
precise holes. And obviously later on when I found out the hole, those must have been bullet holes. And here's oh, me dear. just wondering about, but all because I wanted to go to Walmart where I spent um, 70 odd, no, 80 odd dollars on potato chips and candy bars, pretty much. Right. But no sodas, <laughs> to use the local right. lingo. <laughs> but I have to say, I did have a great time because I'd walked an awful lot on the Thursday before the convention began. I got slightly right. mixed up, you know, thinking about, you know, maps in Scotland and maps in the US. So I went for what I thought was a 30 minute walk. Um, right. And it turned into an hour and a half to go to <laughs> Walmart. And then I went to a place called um, Glasgow Place because there was, and there was a Glasgow Park. I thought I have to go and visit that because I'd spotted it on Google Maps. So I went there and visited that. Then it was off to go and find a hot topic. And then when I got an Uber home, it was like a 20 minute drive. So I must have worked, I must have walked, I think about 14, 15 miles that day. So, yeah. God. I know. That's ridiculous. It seemed like a she good was. idea at the time. Yes, <laughs> things often do. So, right, to start winding things up a bit then. The obvious question to ask, would you like to go back again next year? 100%. Up to 1 million percent. There were so, I made so many new friends out there, you know, who I'm now chatting with on Twitter on a regular basis. And obviously we've we've heard some of them already uh, previously in the podcast there, just chatting about all the things. I mean, the thing that I never mentioned earlier, which I did mention in my chat with Ivy, was the ribbons that you hear about, where you get your attendee badge, which, and then you stick, the people make up these ribbons and they're sort of like stickers. And they say, you know, they've got wee slogans on them, like sort of like big finish, we love stories. And you know, just people get them made up, you know, chat with wings, five rounds rapid. And there's there's some great ones there. There was one that had um, FC UK cancer. It didn't say FC UK, but you know the word it would say. Um, right. And um, you know, just all these you know wonderful slogans, you know, things from the show, catchphrases. And it was just really good fun collecting them. And um, mm-hmm. I've got quite a few of them, but I need to stitch mine together because it's falling apart uh, already. So I'll need to show you at some time who our misses. Yeah. Yeah, please do. So, um, if you were to go back again, uh, you know, presumably as a, as a big finish guest again, what would you what would you like to try and do that you didn't manage to get a chance to do this time? I think I spent an awful lot of time socialising and getting to know quite a lot of the big finish guys who I didn't really know, like Rosa. And um, yeah, we had a great time, sort of just going around and um, just having a laugh. Two lads having a laugh, really, and um, <laughs> lots of laddishness and. Uh, that was really good fun but I'd probably do more panels next time because everything I tended to go and see had sort of like a big finish slant in fact one thing I didn't mention was that I did a there was they do these things called cafe clutches where it's basically you get you know you sign up and you go and sit in where there's like a guest or two and you can spend time and chat to them for an hour and uh, I went in and sat in one that Matt Fitton was doing with Alfie Shaw Alfie Shaw was there as well and the producer and writer and all round lovely bloke and um and they were doing one and I went in and sat in and that and um, unfortunately it sort of then descended into sort of semi-chaos because somebody came along and kept making jokes. But I think I think some people quite liked it. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. But, you know, 100%, I would love to go back at some point in the future. If it's not next year or the year after, I would, I would just, the atmosphere is great. And it's just, you know, you're in just in Doctor Who world for three days and, you know, there's no outside world unless you want to sort of hear from it. So, like I say, get in touch with you is something I wanted to do just so you could sort of experience it through my eyes and just yeah. hopefully a little bit of my joy and excitement rubbed off. And- oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, hopefully um, hopefully the organisers are listening and they're aware of what a good time you had 
hopefully they'll get you back. So, listeners, were you at Gallifrey 1? Let me know if Kenny behaved himself. <laughs> That's a good point, yes. Um, yes, I did. I was I was very well behaved, for the most part. And, um, yeah, I just had a, had a lovely time. I mean, there's just so many memories just keep popping into my head and thinking, oh, I haven't mentioned that yet, or, oh, I never mentioned that. And, you know, just, just wonderful things, you know, just be able to see people meeting, you know, like getting to hug Matthew Jacobs was great, and him and Vanessa, and I got to meet Vanessa Yule's mum as well. And um, Vanessa's uh, Scottish on her dad's side with a name like Yule, uh, originally from somewhere in Glasgow. And uh, so it was lovely just to be able to sort of spend time and have a good laugh with them. Yeah, obviously, obviously I spoke to to both Matthew and Vanessa briefly on the phone, and they sort of said how um, how pleased they were that you and I had made the effort to go through to Edinburgh to see Doctor Who Am I, and we should encourage anyone listening that hasn't seen Doctor Who Am I yet to give it a watch. Also, Dave, I, I, I can tell you that um, I spoke to Vanessa's mum, who was there as well, and uh-huh. um, she said that her podcast was the best of them all because <laughs> it was, she loved the road trip element. She loved the fact that it was like we were sitting in the cinema when you'd been telling me to stop recording and, and to be quiet and um, <laughs> and all these things. So it was it was nice to be able to, and then to stop our review afterwards if I were doing it live yeah. in the streets and walking about and. <laughs> yeah, it was that was nice. So, if you're listening, yeah. uh, Vanessa's mum, thank you for your kind comments, and uh, yes. yeah, it was lovely to meet you. Yes, but of course, listen. If you're not aware, Ken and I did an episode of um of his Pieces of Eighth, his dedicated Do- Eighth Doctor podcast, where we went through to Edinburgh to to see Doctor Who. Am I? Such is the nature of our devotion to the cause. So, we're going to wind it up there, Kenny. Where can people find you on the socials and all of that? Oh, you can find me on the Twitters at at finishedzine, F-I-N-I-S-H-E-D-Z-I-N-E, or if you're in America, Z-I-N-E, of course, my usual pun there. Dave, where can people find you? And also, are there any other podcasts you'd like to plug? Well, I'm still, my good friend Peter Watson and I are still plugging away with the Earth 2 podcast. We're in our, hang on, let me count, fifth calendar year of working on it, which is nice. Um, oh my goodness and we're still I think we've just hit 1972 in our recording so there you go that gives you an idea we are, we are charting the, the pre-crisis DC Comics multiverse with the emphasis on the legacy of their Golden Age DC characters obviously if that means anything to you then please check it out but again I'll give another shout out that I mentioned to Kenny's dedicated 8th Doctor podcast Pieces of 8 he's been doing he's been cranking the epi- he's on a little bit of a break just now, but before Christmas he was cranking the episodes out and it was almost impossible to keep up. But there we go. We're not going to criticise him for that, are we? Listeners, no. thank you for joining us. We are going to do our best to try and get you know episodes out again. It'll be fairly irregular, I imagine, but if there's important stuff to talk about or important merch releases, we'll, we'll come on. And or if there's any important gossip, we'll come on and talk about them. So until the next time, I've been David Steele. And I've been wondering when you're going to ask me a question. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Right. Inevit- with the crushing inevitability of old age. Kenny, what are we playing out with today? Well, Dave, um, this is actually a song that you've heard played live um, because, as you know, um, when I was at Gallifrey, I just was on such a high. And when it came to an end, I just wanted to stay high. So today we're going to play it with Habits, in brackets, Stay High by Tovlo or Tuvalu, to correctly pronounce it. <laughs> Dave, do you have any comments about Tuvalu when we saw her on November the 1st? Nothing really to add, to be honest, Ken. Let's keep it clean. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. See you soon. Bye.
Cheers, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back very soon with another episode. And then there's no good way to end things because it's ending, you know? <laughs>